0: It's lunchtime in Central Texas.
1: Live at one of the year's biggest events. As you can see, the crowd is going wild. Let's see who will have their cake and eat it, too.
0: It's time for the Press Box.
1: What are we having?
0: It's uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? Soup. Oh, apple
1: juice. I can read. PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian... This is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers?
0: Uh, No, Mr. Johnson. Now here's your host, Ward Weitz,
2: and Glenn Stretch-Smith, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas here on this seventh day of February. It is Wacky Wednesday.
3: Wacky Wednesday. I don't even know what
2: that means. Well, it means whatever you want it to mean, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Make your
3: own definition, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> back in studio today after being at the uh, Foster Pavilion yesterday for the Bears and Texas Tech. And Baylor gets the win. We'll get into that here in just a little bit as well. It is National Girls and Women in Sports Day.
3: Yes, it is. And that's what that? I will be talking about, Ward. How about Way that? I just fire. thought of you when I saw that. <laughs> it made you think of that? Mm-hmm. I'm such an athlete.
2: How about that? It's also National... Fettuccine Alfredo Day.
3: Guess we need to eat some.
2: I'm not a big fan. Stretch probably likes it a lot, though.
3: Well, he likes the Universal Window Jingle, so. I'm just kidding, Stretch. I do like the. He (laughs) does, He does. does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he loves it. You see? I do
4: like it. I've I've got it down. Universal (laughs) Windows
3: Direct. I'll email you the jingle so you can just play it all the time. (laughs)
2: Oh, how about that! Glad to have you along with us. Did you know on this day in 1964, the Beatles arrived in the United States for the first time?
4: Wow! I did not know that. I can honestly say, and Ward, this is probably going to make you mad. I, I'm not a big Beatles fan. What is uh, wrong with you? I know. I, I'm 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 out on that, and I've heard that. I've heard that response plenty of times. Just not a just not a big fan of the Beatles, not a not a not a Paul McCartney guy, not a Ringo star. I mean, you know, even when they broke off and were kind of doing their own thing, just not a not a big fan. But uh, you know, good for the Beatles and good for them arriving <laughs> at that time.
0: Hey, <laughs> Rich, are you a Rolling Stones fan?
4: I you know a little bit, a little bit. I'm okay. probably more of a probably say I'm more of an Aerosmith, more of a. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know who, I, I don't know who, I adores, I, 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 I love the doors, I, I
3: love the doors. All right, there
2: you go. Well, there's nothing wrong with that.
3: Hey, it's okay, Stretch, I didn't I couldn't name the Beatles, so you did better than I did. I, I couldn't even tell you a song they sang except Yellow Submarine, I think, so. You think? So, I'm with Stretch, I'm not a <laughs> Beatle fan. <laughs> you can't name the Beatles, I come just, on now. Just, Paul, what's his name?
2: Paul, what's his what, name?
3: I go with what stretch just side. There okay. you go. Okay.
2: All right. Well, that's I Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cowboys looking. I think,
4: I think I can name them. I think I can. I think it's. Uh, Give it a shot. Ringo. Ringo. All right. Ring, Ringo Starr. Okay. Paul McCartney. Yes. John Lennon. Yes. Uh, am I
3: missing one? Yes, you are. Just Google it. Nobody will know. Oh. <laughs> give me some. In, give me no, no,
4: no. I don't want to cheat. Give me some initials on the other one, Ward. Give me all
3: right, the initials.
2: G H. First name G. Last George, name H. George Harrison. There, there you go.
3: go. Wow, look at you. Yeah.
4: Okay. all right Yeah, not bad for no one ad fat kid.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: welcome right, to got the got press got box it. here on ESPN <laughs> Central Texas, and you know this this thing with the defensive coordinator names keep popping up stretch and now we see where rex ryan has interviewed for the defensive coordinator of the dallas cowboys it i mean are they just doing their due diligence and trying to go through as many as they can don't you feel like that this is zimmer's job to lose
4: i do think that i think that uh and we've talked about that, you know, I'm sure Jerry has a familiarity with Rex and now Rob Ryan, his brother was, has been the defensive coordinator here and multiple times, I believe thought he was up in Canada because he would play 12 guys. A lot of times they would get penalized <laughs> for 12 guys on the field. So I'm not real sure that that's a, I'm not real sure that's a fit with bringing uh, Rex back in here, but he's a lot more experienced than Rob. I, I think Jerry, we talked about this uh, Monday on the show. I mean, Jerry wants a familiarity. He's comfortable and best in his comfort zone when he has familiar guys around him. And so I do believe it's Mike Zimmer's job to lose. Now, here's the thing is, you know, I believe Mike Zimmer is also going to want, like any defensive coordinator, you know, to have one or two guys that are familiar with his system that he would be able to bring in. And right now, I think the only opening, uh, other opening on the defensive side would be uh, that they lost uh, Joe Witt Jr. to Washington. So, you know, is Jerry inclined to say, I want to bring in multiple guys on the defensive side that he's going to have to give two or three-year contracts in order to get them? So I think there's some you know, there's some yin and some yang with the staff and how they're going to do that and how he wants to put that together. Um, So I I know Mike Zimmer and I also know that he has, you know, his guys that are comfortable with him, whether that be Andre Patterson, whether it be George Edwards, um, you know, he's had some guys around him that were with him not only in Dallas, but they were with him when he was at Minnesota. and. Anytime you come in, and you can understand this from a football standpoint, you come in, you're going to want your guys. You're going to want guys that are familiar with your terminology and your system. You're not going to want to teach every single guy on the staff how to coach or really how to coach your system. So um, I'm sure that Jerry's looking at all options and saying, hey, what do I need to do here in order to bring in who best fits with Mike McCarthy, who best fits with our personnel. I mean, uh, you know, Rex Ryan's a 3-4 guy. I'm not sure that the Cowboys are in 3-4 personnel right now. They don't even have two linebackers to play for crying out loud, much less four. So I don't know that that's a fit, but uh, I do believe it's, it's you know, if, if, if I'm calling it as a horse race, I think Mike Zimmer's out in front with about a two-link lead. How's that?
2: Yeah, I agree 100%. I, we'll find out more from R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys. He'll join us live from Super Bowl Radio Row uh, coming up uh, in the next hour. We'll have R.J. as we always do, and we'll get into a little bit more of what his insights are on the defensive coordinator job for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, y- you look at last night, a big win for the Baylor Bears, mm-hmm. and it's – look, anytime you can win in the Big 12, it's a big win, right?
4: Correct. Correct. Hard to win, and it's it's hard to win in the, in the Big Twelve. Just ask the University of Texas, who had Iowa State come in there and 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 beat them last night. I mean, it is hard to win. It's 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 a tough league. It's it's we, we've talked about this all week. So that's that was a, a really good win last night for Baylor and and uh, beating the Texas Tech team. Ward and and, and your uh, alma mater, who. Boy, they were hard knocking. I mean, they were banging that ball down inside and and giving Baylor everything they wanted. So uh, a, a good win for uh, Coach Drew and, and his staff, and a good win for the Baylor Bears. A- as we you know look at going into the you know what is going to be Big Twelve tournament time.
2: You're getting closer and closer as we uh, go through the month of February. But Baylor, with the 79-73 win over the Red Raiders last night, Houston gets the win over Oklahoma State seventy nine to sixty three. And then you just mentioned Iowa State stealing one from Texas on the road, 70-65. to And it was Oklahoma over BYU, 82-66. to And Oklahoma's been one of those teams that's kind of been up and down one week. You look at them and go, "Uh uh-oh, better watch out for the Sooners. And the next week they kind of take a dip. Well, last night they kind of went back on the upper side of things Mm -hmm. last night against BYU, who was 21 in the country at the time.
4: Yeah, and 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 a good win for them. I I don't know if you saw the little tribute they did for Toby Keith, but that was a pretty neat yep. deal. They put a kind of his guitar in, in an empty chair, and you know I'm sure an emotional night. We know Toby Keith's a big Sooners fan, and and uh, so uh, you know you you go roll in that emotional. Uh, you, you know we we talked about this, the emotional side of of the ebbs and flows of basketball. So. Yeah, Oklahoma beat beat a a good BYU team ranked 21 in the country last night in Norman. That's a good win.
2: Women's basketball in the Big 12 tonight. You got Cincinnati and UCF at five o'clock tip off, and then followed by TCU at number 24, Oklahoma at six o'clock, and then the late game uh, in the Big 12, number 18 Baylor at BYU at eight o'clock tip, seven thirty pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas. So we'll get into that. Coming up in just a little bit as well uh, here on the Press Box. Okay, so Tuesday is Taco Tuesday, right? Correct. Steph? Okay. Correct. That, that, that's what you've labeled what it I, as.
3: I'm, I'm trying to make it a national holiday. <laughs>
2: okay. So what's Wednesday? What do we have on Wednesdays?
3: I don't know. Wings? I mean, you
2: got us tater tots Wings. one day for National Tater Tot Day. That was good. Wings. So wings Wednesday.
3: Yeah. Does that mean I gotta go get y'all wings right now? No, I'm just asking <laughs>
2: what, what would it be? I would say
3: wings. Okay. That wings or whiskey. I don't yeah, really like whiskey, so whiskey, I guess wings it is.
2: Whiskey Wednesday. That might be a new thing for stretch. I don't know. <laughs> does it have
4: to does it have to be a W, you know, does it have to be a W well, food since it's I don't, Taco I don't Tuesday? Not necessarily. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, it is National I, I, Fettuccine Day, but you know. Yeah, I don't know.
4: Middle of the week, middle of the week, I'd probably. I'd probably throw in, a, <laughs> you know, the foot-long chili dog word. I think <laughs> you relate much more to that, too.
2: I am a fan. Is that, a,
4: is, oh. that, is, that, oh. is that Aaron in the background giving it a belly laugh? Did I hear him actually kind
3: of say yes. okay, that Just a little bit. That <laughs> would just make me sick to my stomach if I ate Ooh, one of no. those. I would have heartburn for days. I don't know how y'all do that.
2: No, there's nothing better.
3: Y'all must have, like, so iron guts.
2: So good. So good.
3: <laughs> Ugh. I don't even go to the ballpark and have a hot hey, dog.
2: I like, I like the foot-long chili cheese dog. Also, I'm a fan of the chili cheeseburger.
3: Oh, gross. One okay. of my favorite things uh, on this hard, planet. But what not you, exaggerating. What do
4: you... What do you what are you going to chase it down with, Ward? I mean, if that's if it's a chili cheese dog, what are you chasing it down
2: with?
3: Better be an ice cold beer. <laughs> no, for me it's a Dr Pepper. Dr Pepper.
4: Absolutely, it's a doctor, Dr it's Pepper 100%. It's a cuz guess what, if it's a, if it's one of those that they have at the state fair, it's got that oh. little burn to it too and yeah. it's so good when <laughs> it goes down. So good when it goes down.
3: And then you then you let out a big belch because Dr Pepper makes me belt, so you add all that in. Okay. And I'm so not acting like a lady. I'm just saying right there.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, it is what it is, right? It is, right.
3: I don't know. (laughs) All
2: right. She'll be back with us coming up in just a little bit. But coming up next, former Dallas Cowboy George Teague. He'll join the press box next on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball. On ESPN Central Texas, the
6: Baylor women on the road to take on BYU on Wednesday, seven thirty for the countdown to tip off. Eight PM tip off Wednesday. Follow
5: the Bears through the Big Twelve Conference with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman here on the flagship station for Baylor women's basketball, ESPN Central Texas.
7: Are you sick and tired of those achy joints? dread the idea of surgery you need to call QC Kinetics today it is Matt Mosley I know what it's like to have neck pain the state of health care is always changing the old ideas like steroids and surgery are no longer your only options regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics is transforming lives with innovative non-surgical drug-free treatments that deliver lasting results it's a revolutionary approach that can get you long-term relief with no downtime make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility reclaim your independence walk and run and play and live without the danger and trauma of surgery and without harmful drugs call qc kinetics now for a free consultation call 254 415 4100 254 415 4100 qc kinetics 254 415 4100
8: call James at 254-422-5375 That's 254-422-5375 Your home for the world
9: champion Texas Rangers ESPN Central Texas Hey at the all new Volkswagen of Waco we are the used car superstore and right now we have probably the best selection between Dallas and Austin hey, look, it's not just Volkswagens we've got them all Fords and Chevys and Dodges Toyotas Hondas Nissans lots more Bigger selection, better prices, and easy credit. You just pick it out, we'll find a way to work it out. Volkswagen Waco and VolkswagenWaco.com.
2: Hey, it's a better place, it's a better way to buy a car. Steve Myatt, a Stiefel financial advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Stiefel financial advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254 399 7450. To schedule an appointment or stop by Stiefel Waco office located at twelve hundred West Highway 6, Stiefel, Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSC. Is it time to upgrade
8: your garage, barn, shed, or warehouse with a new garage door? Veteran-owned and operated, Precision Garage Door Service boasts the largest garage door showroom and design center in Central Texas. Revamp your style with new customized garage doors with windows. Free estimates are available and all calls are answered by an operator 24-7. Precision Garage Door Service, 1100 Jewel Drive, Waco, 254-522-9657 and at PrecisionDoorCentralTX.com. Ask about their financing options. On the
10: road with Mr. Rhodes. Hey, here's a shocker. Cars are bigger than people. So if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right of way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell. Oh, and please, slow slow down. Sound advice. Mixed in with professional sound effects. Be safe. Drive smart. A message from TxDOT.
0: listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
2: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward White's Glenn Stretch Smith along with you here on this Wednesday. As joining us now is former Dallas Cowboy George Teague. And, George, thanks for spending some time with us inside the Press Box today. How we doing?
11: Man, I am – it's always better to be in the press box, you know. It's it cold right <laughs> here on the outside sometimes. So I'm <laughs> so glad to be up in here.
2: Glad to have you with us. And I wanted to start with, I mean, you've been around the game and you've seen a lot of things in the NFL and getting to championship week and, and those type of things. How hard is it to get to this point and, and not be able to get lost in the distractions going into a big game?
11: It is extremely hard to do. Uh, it's funny when you listen to fans and everybody's like, you know, the Super Bowl is just supposed to happen at a drop of a dime, but you know, having played nine years and getting to the NFC Championship was hard enough. Uh, yeah, some people are blessed uh, to get there a couple times, but when you look at teams that haven't been there a long time, it should remind people how hard it is. Um, coaches are great, players are great. You know your teams change and fluctuate each and every year. So um, it, it, injuries happen. It's just so many things that go into it that can knock you off the path to get to a to a Super Bowl championship.
4: George, I, talking to George Teague here, former Alabama. Crimson Tide safety and Dallas Cowboy, Green Bay Packer. I'll say that last, George, even though they drafted you. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Uh, Mike Zimmer, I know you played for him with the Cowboys. We've talked about him, obviously, possibly coming back as a Cowboys defensive coordinator. They've interviewed uh, Ron Rivera. They've also, you know, that reported today they interviewed Rex Ryan. So, you know, George, having been in that building, haven't understood Mike Zimmer's scheme, the things that uh, he does. Uh, talk to us about the fit and how you think his scheme best fits uh, the personnel that the Dallas Cowboys have right now.
11: Yeah, and I will admit that I'm, I'm putting a stamp of, of approval on Zim, not because I necessarily play with him, but it has something to do with it because I've actually watched him on high coaches and what he pulls out of players you know, in the game. But even more importantly, that I got to see him a couple years ago when I went up to the Vikings um, camp and actually got to watch him work with his staff and see what he was actually doing defense and his mind and the things that they were drawing up and coming up with in the packages is just so it was amazing to me that someone could have that kind of you know forethought to be able to match up in every situation about everything. Get the terminology right. So I think it's the right fit, particularly when he has someone like Micah, um, the secondary guys he has, and you know how good he is in the secondary um, as well, and the the aggressiveness, the toughness that he has, the no-nonsense type of attitude while still loving on you a little bit, you know, giving you truths and things. But I think he'd be a great hire if we could have him.
2: George Teague with us here in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And and how important is it not only to find that fit to get a guy to come in and take over a defense that has been pretty good for the past few years but also has to understand what personnel you already have in camp right now. Sure, you can go get a few extra guys that, that fits what he does, but to be able to make that match before you make the hire, how important is that, George?
11: No, that's extremely important. <laughs> you know, um, personnel is really important. And, I, you know, nothing um, bad about Dan Quinn or what was happening. Because he didn't, might, didn't necessarily have the the people that he made to want to have on defense. But I know we got to have some additional linebackers mm-hmm. and guys. You know, that has to be something that we have to focus on. And I would be asking those questions if I'm a coordinator. Like, you know, what, what is this going to look like, uh, right? Because it is important. What the style of defense that you're going to try to run. Guys, there ain't enough said about it. I think we all hint about it, you know, of what it really takes to become a Super Bowl championship team. And you got to have some people with some stuff in the neck. Right. You know, in the tank. Uh, and we have some really smart football players, but you can't have 215, 205 linebackers, you know, on goal line. It don't work that way. Zim um, would be able to talk about that and make sure we get the right type of people at those positions. He likes big, fast guys. I like that combination, right? Mm -hmm. Big and fast. He likes those, even at safety. You can look, and I don't want to go all the way back and say, oh, man, that's back in the 90s. No, if you look at his stuff and you look to see how he's built all of the defenses at the Bengals, at the Vikings, they were, these dudes had some stuff in the tank. Um, And that's because, he knew how to get in that draft room with the scouts. Stretch can talk on that a little bit on what that really means on how you, um, you know, try to put people on your draft board so you get the people to fit your scheme. And I think it's it's interesting,
4: George, that you bring that up. Uh, obviously, uh, Ward and I talked about this earlier in the week, you know, making that higher and then being able to look for the player, look for those characteristics and look for those things that the Cowboys would need to move forward, whether it, obviously you talked about the the fact that they lost, you know, Vander Esch, they lost DeMarvy and Overshown at linebacker, and they're playing really an oversized safety in Bell in in, in their 4-2 uh, nickel package. And, and that made them very vulnerable to the run this year. So I think it's a great point that you make as far as bringing the guy in and understanding the personality, the traits, and then the physical style of play that they would want. George, moving from the Cowboys, I, I, I want to pick your brain a little bit, too, about your thoughts. Uh, Nick Saban, your alma mater, retired this year. I, I, it was really shocking to me that he retired. When you think about Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, guys with extensive backgrounds who are not in the game right now, How does that make you as a player and as a coach yourself, how does that make you feel about how the game is changing? And do you think Coach Saban wanted to step away, or do you think he just said, you know what, I've had enough of re-recruiting these guys every year. We'll get into NIL in a minute with you. But I want you to touch a little bit on Coach Saban and did that surprise you, him stepping away from the game the way he did? (laughs)
11: <laughs> yes, it did surprise me. And I tell you, I was on another radio show. I never forget it. Um, out of a station out of Mobile, and we were sitting there actually talking, and they kind of broke in. We're like, "Hey, we got some breaking news that Saban just, you know, stepped away from coaching." And uh, we all thought it was a myth. You know, the rumors, fake news, whatever. <laughs> they they happened, yeah, you know, whatever. So, but then we all started getting nervous, right? Because it started popping up on every news channel. I'm like, oh, my gosh, did this really just happen? Um, you know, so it was very surprising. We knew it was going to be getting close. We've always had indications about um, how he feels about the game uh, as far as the way it's changing. NILs, collectives, those type of things, yes. Yeah, so I think in this case, um, it became a natural break for him, right, that he just – you know, he – he probably played his best season. I know we didn't win the national championship, but the way he had pulled those guys together to even get into the playoffs this year and understanding that he was still going to have to recruit and re-recruit and people were going to be hitting the portal. Not, I honestly think he just kind of got tired of it, like you said. It's really like, you know what? Now you watch him, you look, you look at him on social media, he's out surfing, and golfing,
12: <laughs>
11: you know, I think it's just a stress relief that he can say, man, I'm 70 years old. I got a lot of money. I can do a lot of stuff. I live on Lake Tuscula, so I'm going to go out here and be in it. Um, so um, I think that has a lot to do with it. Not just saving, but other people, as you mentioned, older coaches, are learning that the game is a whole lot different, even on the NFL side. Belichick, those guys—you, you, you're not going to get control anymore like you used to. You can't be the general manager and the head coach, you know. Uh, everybody's still worried about branding in the NFL, like it is in high um, in college. So it's just different for us old heads. You know, you got to adapt as much as you can and try to accept it. Even as a high school coach, I'm sitting here going, "Man, I don't know if I want to deal with this stuff." With. You know, as a high school football coach, because it's different uh, as well. So, we're very happy for um, for Nick Saban, thank you for giving me a chance to be able to say "roll tide." I can't come on the show without saying "roll tide" <laughs> uh, a couple times. Um, so, but the good thing is he's still in the office. That's the best part—that he's there for DeBoer. Um, you can tell he's there to help continue to raise money, which you got to do to to compete, but to keep some of the guys at bay knowing that he's still going to be able to help them get to the next level.
2: George Teague with us inside the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And you've seen it as a high school coach and and seen the recruiting process. How much has it changed the game with the NIL and the transfer portal where guys can just hop from here to there and maybe get five, six, seven years of college football in? And it really puts a stress on the younger guys coming out of high school because – unless you're the cream of the crop, the top of the top, you may not get that chance that you used to get 10, 15 years ago.
11: Yeah, make sure you rewind that and replay that because that is true. The transfer portal has hurt um, high school uh, recruiting, like you said. If you're not the cream of the crop, you may, you may be down at D2 or, or lower or JUCO or just going to a school that you need to be able to do that because coaches mm-hmm. are looking for experience now. Right. If I can go find me – 23-year-old <laughs> that's already been in the weight room and stronger and faster than the 18-year-old, uh, I'm going to take it. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, um, unfortunately. So it's kind of tough as an athletic director being able to say that to kids because they don't, they're like, man, coach, I can play, I can do this. And I'm like, I want 100% agree. But you know, there's this other guy at Ohio State <laughs> who's got 20 pounds on you and some experience that. Right. they're going to offer instead of um, you. So you're trying to position them to where they can go be successful somewhere else. Um, the only part I don't like personally is because you know in the back of your mind that in one or two years, those guys are going to be in the portal because they really don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, they mm-hmm. want to get to their next step as well. So you got this ever ending cycle of people moving around and guys, I don't like it. I like, uh, uh, Trust. I like people going to a school because they want to go to a school, but they're forcing these students' hands to go to places where, you know, they might be gone a year or two, and that's hard on a coach.
2: I agree.
4: Well, I tell you, I'll tell you this, George, and I, I'm sorry there, Ward. I, I'll tell you this. I know you understand loyalty. You understand what it meant to be the, with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure every interview you do, you get told about or ask about knocking – Terrell Owens' ass off the star. And you know what? Good for you. I still think that's one of the greatest plays, even though it wasn't wasn't a play in the game. It was a play about the game. And I think it speaks volumes about both the kind of person you are and the kind of player that you were. George, talk a little bit about the loyalty side. Talk about what it meant to you to stay at Alabama your entire time, not to play here one year, there, one year, chase the NIL dollar going here. I mean, talk about how it shaped you as a young man and then your ability to transition that loyalty and understanding into the NFL.
11: Yeah, thank you. And I can speak on this. And I, say, I think I'm qualified a little bit because here's what people don't know. So, when I went to Alabama, I was recruited by Bill Curry, okay, mm-hmm. dynamic coach. You know, different guy, but big disciplinarian, had a great staff. Alabama was pretty good and things of that nature. The reason why I'm saying I think I can speak to this because most people are like, oh, you, you don't know what it's like to have a coach leave. No, that's not true. My head coach left after my first year there. So I was right in those shoes, and I was wondering, what is this next head coach going to be like? You know, what is the position coach, the defensive coordinator? Are they even going to like me or want me to play? Right? But I went not only for the coaches that recruited me there, I went because I love what University of Alabama had to offer me. And that's why I stayed as well. And I was willing to compete. You know what that word means? Compete. That means you got to go out there and try to win (laughs) your position. Right? And so when um, Coach Stallings came in and Bill Oliver, who came out of Clemson and all this kind of stuff, I basically had to reset and start. Over again. And I loved it because I'll never forget today either. Because I remember when Bill Oliver told me, he was a defensive back coach and a defensive coordinator, and he said, Man, if I would have known you were this type of player, I would have brought you to Clemson. And I said, Well, what good would that have done me? Because you're here now, <laughs> 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 you know, where I'm at. Um, so uh, it's very tough. To do Loyalty is really, really important. Even in the National Football League, I was proud to have that star on my helmet. He kind of brushed over the Green Bay piece. I was proud to have Green Bay on my helmet, right, because they drafted me. They gave me an opportunity that someone else didn't. So to me, I felt like, man, I, I'm thankful. I owe them for that. I need to be the best that I can be. Now, it's a little bit more business in the National Football League. I ended up getting traded, and here I am in the Cowboys. But I remember my conversation with Jerry Jones, you know, and talking about that and his directness to me that I needed a man. What is wrong with you? Why'd you get traded? You know, but here's how you can help us if you want to be here. And then I got to sit down with Zim and Dion and those guys, and they helped finalize what I needed to do to be on this team with the Dallas Cowboys. So, I'm still faithful and loyal to them. I love what they're doing. I, don't, I hate the way they haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl or to the NFC Championship. Um, but I love the Jones family, and um, you know, for them giving me another opportunity to play for another team.
2: George, you said something there about the the art of competition, and in 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 my opinion, it's a lost art. I don't think that guys are willing enough to. Say you know what? I'm going to compete to get back in the starting lineup or, or to make the roster. Why have we gotten away from that? Why is that a lost art now in college football? Heck, maybe even in high school football.
11: Well, I think it's kind of unfortunately is there's a whole lot of our society being that way. People giving being given things. You got to have safety nets for people. I don't want nobody getting mad. You know, I mean about me about saying that type of stuff. Right? I understand that. But whatever happened is this good old-fashioned hard work. Mm-hmm. Get your hands dirty. Put your hand down in the dirt, um, literally, for football or something else. But now it's just, you know, like someone owes you something. And that that's not the way it's should be, particularly football. Football is not even
0: built like that.
11: For every single play in football, somebody is running into somebody. And the closer you are to the football, the more you're getting hit. Those are things that people have to earn and you got to fight every single play so I think that's why I love football so much in that sense because it teaches so much about life you're going to get hurt you're going to get knocked down or you're going to get flagged maybe even mm-hmm. cheated <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, and so there's no reason to run away from that but we're too easy to run away from things Sometimes our parents allow us easy escapes and things of that nature not the tees my kids know exactly what it means to be able to put in hard work and work late and do all this other kind of stuff, um, because it just means more when you've actually earned it, and it's harder to give up when you've put in the work. Um, so too many people are quitting just because they're not putting in the time. And George, you talk about did uh, you talk about that? I know
4: you a hard worker, obviously the athletic director at JP two and. In Dallas, talk to us about your podcast, Teague's Take. I know you've been doing that for a couple years. Tell us about kind of the direction you've got your podcast going and what you guys talk about mostly. I know it's Cowboys, but you throw a little (laughs) damn in there, too. Tell,
11: Tell us about Teague's Take podcast. I do. Thank you. And guess what? You know what? So I love this because me and my son actually do this together. Right, he's got a different kind of brain than I do. He does <laughs> producing and behind the stuff, the stuff that I can't do. But we talk a lot of football, um, uh, a lot of Alabama football, actually. But guess what, fellas? Guess who I got on the show tonight? Our show is on Wednesday nights at eight fifteen p.m. Central Time, live on YouTube. It's called Teague's Take. Teague's Take Podcast. Go in there and subscribe for me. For those you're listening, Dave Campo is going to be on my podcast tonight. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of ironic that all this kind of worked out that way, right? The former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is also, you know, a defensive back coach and uh, defensive coordinator there. But he coached me for a while. He's actually going to come in, and we're going to put both worlds together like we're doing here. He's going to talk about, you know, what his college offseason look like. It's an educational based kind of show. What are coaches looking for now um, during the offseason? How does that work in college and in the pros? You know, what does the draft room kind of look like when you're looking at these college guys? How are you ranking them? Does it matter by the colleges and whatnot? Um, so, I'm very pleased to be able to connect with him and have him come on the Teague's Take um, tonight. But we do it on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, live on YouTube, 8.15 p.m. Central Time. Come check us out.
2: George Teague with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. And, George, before I let you go, I have to ask, what is the – Biggest memory you have from your time in the NFL playing football in the National Football League? Is there one memory that just stands above any other?
11: Oh, yeah. I think this may shock you because I got three. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But the the one that really hits me the most, and this is what we're talking about when you're not having to, not being able to, not wanting to quit. So when i came to dallas my first time and we actually played the minnesota vikings in a playoff game and um i actually had three turnovers three forced turnovers one of on the it was an interception return for a touchdown it's like when you're being in that zone as an athlete where you can't be stopped <laughs> you know it's just an amazing feeling like everything that happened was beautiful. I touched a football on somebody else's hand that popped out of their hands, you
2: know. Then it bounced
11: <laughs> up into my hands. And then, you know, it was just like, Oh my gosh, how'd that happen? Um, uh, this kind of thing. And so that was um, you know, in the late nineties when we were playing there. I know people arrived with that was, Well, why not hitting Terrell Owens on that? Yeah, that's a big, very big moment in my career. Um, still making money off selling the pictures. But the the other one that <laughs> Most people probably don't talk about it is when I intercepted the ball in Green Bay to still a record, 101 yards in a uh, playoff game. So I got the longest uh, scoring play in playoff history. Um, and so that is a pretty big moment to me. But, you know, just as far as the in-game stuff, I always kind of go back to to my game in,
2: uh, against Minnesota. George Teague with us inside George, the I, press box here on ESPN Central Texas. Go ahead, Jeff.
4: No, I, I, I appreciate you jumping on with us, and you know I I, uh, I always respect you, respected you as a player. I still respect you as a as a as a man, as a husband, and and uh, I appreciate you taking time to, to today to, to to get on with us. And I know I'm gonna I'm gonna pub it one more time, but uh, and I'm doing it because I've been on it several times. Maybe one day you'll have old stretch back on Teague's take. I, I, I love getting on there with
11: you. Yes, sir. I do appreciate it. And my one question to y'all as I get ready to leave is, how do I get a key to the press box? That's all. I'm <laughs> going to be standing outside knocking on the door. You know, They won't let me up the elevator, man. I need a pass.
2: You've you got a full-time all-access pass from now on, George. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
11: <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys very much.
2: You bet. There he goes, George Teague. Teague's take tonight uh, on YouTube. Go check it out. And uh, Dave Campo, that, that'll be interesting to hear from Dave Campo. Hadn't heard from him in a while, Stretch.
4: Yeah, and, and a former defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. I'm sure they'll be kicking that around. You know, Dave is the one that he brought Mike Zimmer to the Cowboys. They had worked together, uh, I want to say, well, I'm not sure where the, what staff they were on together. It was a college staff, and uh, so Dave was the one that was responsible for getting Mike Zimmer the defensive back job at the Cowboys. So that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting listen. Yeah, Dave's Dave uh, has stepped out of it, and I know he helped Clancy Pendergast a few years ago when Clancy was the defensive coordinator at USC. Uh, Dave is a smart smart football guy really good defensive coach and he he should have been and she could have had a better record with the Cowboys it was just one of those things that boy when that when when our organization started to turn and I worked for Dave I was on his staff you know it, it, it's tough to it's tough to stay on top and it was one of those things where we hadn't done a very good job of drafting and unfortunately we uh we couldn't we couldn't coach it the way we did when we won the Super Bowl, but Dave is a heck of a coach, and that that'd be a great lesson. And again, we appreciate George Teague for jumping on with us.
2: Yeah, and, and look, I enjoyed also hearing from George some of the things that you and I have echoed about. Hey, just get in there and fight for it. And I think at the time, and I. Get off my lawn, kid. I know I say that all the time, but it was a better way to go about it because you made better men and women in the end product. And that's what we're all about doing as a coach anyway.
4: No question. And what I like is the loyalty side of, of, of what
2: Absolutely.
4: George was saying. You know, we, we kicked around – uh, you know, wanting somebody that, you know, to come on the show that had prepared, to, you know, uh, uh, and been in a Super Bowl. And you know what? You heard him kind of how it pained him that through his nine-year career, he was never able to make it to the Super Bowl. It's how hard it is to get there. But uh, obviously, winning a national championship at Alabama, having a big pick in that game and doing the things that he got to do, you hear the loyal side of what college football is about, I think. What co- being a college f- football fan is about, and understanding the game. I also, I just—I'll I'll never forget that when Terrell Owens decided he was going to go spike the ball on the star, and I saw George out of the corner of my eye. I—I th- I mean, he cut loose, and I mean, he was chasing. He was chasing it. down. the play was dead. It was over. He had scored. Owens had scored. But, I mean, he went to spike that ball, and George was like, no, bro, you ain't doing that in this house. And, I mean, he knocked the deputy dog mess out of him, and I'll never forget that, and I'll never forget how that loyal side and how much pride he took in being a Dallas Cowboy and saying, you know what, you ain't doing that in our house. And, and uh, great guy, great guy to talk to and, and, and fun to be around, Ward, for sure.
2: George Teague with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And uh, guess what time it is? She's back. What?
0: This, is, this is ESPN
12: Central Texas. The importance of a good set
6: of tires on your vehicle is key for safe and efficient travel. Texas weather can drastically affect the condition of your tires. Make sure your family is safe no matter what the conditions bring. At Gish's Complete Car Care Center, they carry and service all major tire brands Yokohama, Michelin, Goodrich, and more. Kish's Complete Car Care Service, where keeping you safe is their business. Kish's Complete Car Care Center, located at 5300 Franklin Avenue in Waco and CompleteCarCareCenter.com.
0: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the
2: Allen Samuel Studios. Paparolos Pizza, Waco's oldest family owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive thru on the way home. Order online at paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolos.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolos, voted the best pizza in Waco.
7: WIT Building Supplies, your one and only trusted building supplies company, now has two locations, same great quality, same great prices, two great locations, Gatesville. In Marlin, Wit Building Supplies proudly offer a comprehensive selection, metal building systems to meet all your construction needs. With our extensive range of materials, we ensure you'll have everything you need, a commitment to quality and customer satisfaction. We strive to exceed your expectations. Visit our new and second location in Marlin, Texas, just down the road from higher prices.
1: QC Kinetics patient Robert Patterson a veteran and business owner struggled at work and in the gym with chronic agonizing shoulder pain
8: those injuries just continue to nag and if you don't treat them they just get worse and I just kind of abused my body for a long time and it finally had said enough is
1: enough that's okay because QC Kinetics tells your pain hey enough is enough their regenerative treatments bring you relief by helping restore and repair damaged tissue with no drugs no downtime and best of all no surgery
8: I was able to exceed the goals that I had previously attained in the gym, it was absolutely worth its weight in gold so I could continue to live life without limitation.
1: Ready to get lasting relief from your joint pain? Call QC Kinetics to learn more about how natural biologic treatments can get you lasting results. Call now. It's a free consultation call qc kinetics
6: 254-415-4100 that's 254-415-4100
0: 254-415-4100 it's lunchtime in central texas
8: live at one of
1: the year's biggest events as you can see the crowd is going wild let's see who will have their cake
0: time now for stephanie sports talk a look at sports through the eyes of stephanie As only she could do with the Googles. Presented by Advanced Leveling House and Foundation Repair, Epperson Tractor, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, Mosby's Land Management, Stiefel Investments, Volkswagen of Waco. She's back.
3: Ta-da.
2: Come on now. (laughs) That's all
3: I got today is ta-da. Yeah,
2: that's better.
3: I think I need a few more sponsors. What do you
2: think? Yes, you do. I'm
3: just saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you know that it was originated in 1987 and it was declared by President Ronald Reagan? Really? Did not know that. Uh, The whole point of it. Another reason
2: why he was a great man.
3: I know, I know. We're not talking politics today, Ward. Okay,
2: well, I'm just Uh, saying. I mean, even his movie that you talked about the other day was good.
3: Yes. Well, get this, so, you know, the whole point of this is to celebrate and inspire little girls and women to be active and play sports, because mm-hmm. um, it, it helps build confidence and strength and character, which I believe, I do believe in sports to build character, and if you have the great coach if, and all that. If you
2: do it right, mm, yes.
3: Yes, and... Um,
2: if you're taking your ball and going and playing somewhere else because you're not you know, getting started, and then it doesn't build character.
3: Well... Like your buddy said just a few minutes ago, or stretch his buddy, that, you know, our George society T. is weak or <laughs> yeah. soft. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, but when that's I,
2: what sports are supposed to do build I know, character.
3: And, and perseverance and adversity, getting you through adversity and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, I like today. So, I'm going to celebrate those. And going Kay. through my Googles, you know, when I was growing up, um, I'm going to age myself, you know, girls didn't play football. Well, girls, no. you know, you did in PE or whatever, and there was flag football. puff. You know, girls weren't executive officers or COOs um, of, you know, any company, especially in sports. Mm-hmm. So I was looking, and so we're going to celebrate those women in the NFL okay. who have either, you know, are executives or have become coaches or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting. So Sarah Thomas. She is a a referee, an official in, you know, the NFL. She was the first woman to officiate a major college football game. Okay. She was the first officiate the first one to officiate a bowl game, which I think I do remember that. Okay. Um, somebody correct me, Erin, you're pretty good. I can't remember which bowl it was, but I do remember her, Sarah Thomas, officiating a bowl game. Um, and she was the first officiate to be, or the first woman to be in a big 10 stadium as a referee pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. um pretty cool so you know when i like i said when i was growing up women weren't on the sidelines coaching football games or uh being a referee so i think that's pretty cool
2: she's been in the nfl since 2015
3: mm-hmm. pretty incredible right mm-hmm. jennifer king she's in the nfl she's an assistant running back coach for the washington Commanders. she was the first black woman to become a full-time coach in the nfl Okay. She's been the running back's coach for the Commanders since 2021. I
2: I had no idea. Now, is she going to stay on the Commander's staff with Dan Quinn there?
3: That is still to be determined.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You don't have any insight on that? I do
3: not have any insight on that. (laughs) Anybody that I knew that was with the Commanders was the Redskins, and they're out, so I I don't know. Okay. Um, Okay, let's see. Who else? Uh, Let's see. Lost my train of thought. Sorry. Okay. Going on, Catherine Smith. Mm-hmm. She was the first female full time coaching position in the NFL. She was the quality controlled special teams coach with the Bills. And in 2015, she was the admin administrator to coach Rex Ryan. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Now we get to owners. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the NFL, Christy Coleman. Okay. She is the first female NFL team president for in the Panthers history. Did you know that? hmm I didn't. Okay. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sandra Douglas Morgan. Right. President. First mm-hmm. black woman um, to be a team president in the NFL, and she is for the Vegas Raiders. And then, of course, you've got Charlotte Jones Anderson, um, who's VP and chief brand officer for the Dallas Cowboys, who, you know, I kind—I really like her because she's real involved in the Dallas community and... um. I'm going to get this word. It's a big word for me. Philanthropist. Very good. You got (laughs) it. I got it out. Um, So I I really like her. Um, And then uh, Marie Denise Debardo york who's owner and co-chair with her husband of the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was Amy Trash, who was the first female CEO in the NFL from 1997 to 2013 for the the Raiders. And I could go on and on uh, like... uh, Sheila Ford Hamp of the Detroit mm-hmm. Lions. Right. Uh, Amy Adams Stunk, Strunk at the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Carol Davis with the Vegas Raiders. So there's a lot out there. And so I just want to celebrate those women since we are headed towards the big game, Super Bowl this weekend, that those who are either coaching, roughing, or owners in the NFL. How about that? So, yeah. So, yeah. So celebrate those women. And. I think women should be celebrated every day, whether they're in sports or not. So, you know, hug your wife, hug your girlfriend, hug your next door neighbor. Are you are you reaching? Are you reaching for hugs here, Steph? Yeah, Scott, are you listening? <laughs> 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 I need some hugs today. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. And, you know, and they also have, you know, if you watch the any I know Aaron did in any of the Pro Bowl game this past weekend the flag football team the girls you know we actually had a team from austin in the finals for the uh i guess it was the teens flag football and it was vegas and austin that played against each other and i watched a little bit of it and man the quarterback for austin man she could throw like maybe she yeah. should be on a no offense stretch but maybe she should be on the cowboys team i don't know like the dallas cowboys
2: think she could take dak's place be Maybe. the first female quarterback in NFL Maybe. history?
3: Maybe. But, you know, personally, you know, girls, you know, do what you want to do. But I just don't see – I just don't think a girl should be playing professional football. Probably not. You know, yeah. let the guys No do offense. It. No offense. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just, no. I mean, I couldn't do it. Even if I was padded up, those boys would hurt me. <laughs> but they'd crush me. I'd have every broken bone in my body. So – there you go. Go celebrate women today.
2: All Even right. those in sports. Celebrate women in sports and have okay. some fettuccine Alfredo.
3: Mm-hmm. Or wings.
2: Or wings. Or wings. Wings Wednesday.
3: That's right. I,
2: I'm still a stretch, though. The footlong chili dog sounds pretty good.
3: That is gross. And it's
0: very close by.
2: (laughs) And it's very close by. In other
3: words, could you walk next door, Steph? I see the looks on your faces. (laughs) Anyways, happy Wednesday, everybody. That's Stephanie Sports Talk for today.
2: All right. Thanks, Steph. Coming up next, we'll turn over the hour and we'll talk a little Baylor basketball and the athletic director. He gets hit in the pocketbook. That's next on the press box on ESPN Central Texas.
5: Join us live from Rudy's this Thursday for the Baylor Coaches Show.
6: Join us Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from baseball head coach Mitch Thompson and women's basketball head coach Nikki Collin.
5: The Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 till 7 p.m. It's with John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. ESPN Central Texas.
8: Penningham Realtor with Coldwell Banker Apex to find my website, Facebook, and more.
9: Hey, right now at the all-new Volkswagen of Waco, we're holding a February all-out sellout. That means we're out to set an all-time sales record, so you can expect a huge selection of brand-new Volkswagens, big discounts, easy credit, top dollar for trades. (laughs) Look, it's car buying, simple, easy, and fun. We're the hometown guys, Volkswagen of Waco and Volkswagenofwaco.com the best price, the best place, (laughs) the best way to buy
2: a car. Paparolo's Pizza, Waco's oldest family owned pizzeria, with two locations to serve you better Valley Mills Drive and Hewitt Drive. Come down in for a unique experience or use their convenient drive thru on the way home. Order online at paparolo's.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. That's paparolo's.com and use the coupon code online for 10% off your order. Paparolo's, voted the best pizza in Waco.
0: Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at syntechsportsfan.com. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there. This is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. that are sticking and cracks
6: in your walls,
0: the foundation doctor will
1: make a
6: house call
1: patients everywhere are experiencing joint pain relief thanks to QC Kinetics regenerative treatments. So how does this non-surgical approach work? QC Kinetics medical director Dr. Aaron Wolkoff explains. It's like when you get a paper cut and the cells that come onto that scene first stop the bleeding and then it recruits more cells to form new skin and new soft tissue and then you look down a week later two weeks later and it's like nothing happened and that paper cut never existed. In this same way QC Kinetics uses your natural biologics to help repair and restore aching knees, hips, shoulders, and backs. We take those same similar cells in different areas that are arthritic, are painful, and we cause this kind of internal self-healing that can resolve patient's pain. Relief without surgery. See if you're a candidate for QC Kinetics Regenerative Treatments. Call QC Kinetics, 254-415-4100.
6: That's 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100.
0: From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas.
2: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward White's. Glenn Stretch-Smith, Aaron Sexton, along with you here on this Wednesday. As Stretch has named it now, Footlong Chili Cheese Dog Wednesday. <laughs> you kind of like that, don't you? I kind of do <laughs> like that. On board. I, I,
4: Aaron's on board, too. I can, I can hear him. Even, even though he doesn't want to be on board, he is on board. Yeah. Chili Cheese Dog. Yeah, You know what the best thing about that, too, is – when you get it under your fingernails and it's like you kinda have that feel the rest of the day. You know what I mean? It just kinda gives you the afternoon of knowing that, man, that, that was so good, that chili cheese dog I just knocked back. And you can't eat it with a fork, Ward. No, that's, that's fork not no, if you no. eat it with a fork.
2: No, that's that shouldn't be yeah. illegal. We're not communists. No, you That's ch- exactly right. You can't <laughs> do that. you you, you, you have a, to dive you, in. You,
4: You pick that thing up with both hands and you get it all over your face and all over your clothes and under your fingernails. Yeah, it doesn't get any
11: better than that.
2: (laughs) Oh, Big 12 women's basketball coming up tonight. Again, Cincinnati at UCF at 5 o'clock. And then TCU at number 24, Oklahoma at 6 o'clock. And, of course, number 18, Baylor women's basketball taking on BYU. 8 o'clock in a 7.30 pregame Right here on ESPN Central Texas, we'll have the Bears for you coming up tonight. Last night in the Big 12, uh, we touched on it earlier, but Baylor coming away, that was a big win. And defending your home court, being able to do that stretch, I think in the Big 12, may be the most important thing. If you can defend your home court and win the games at home, and then maybe just steal one in the Big 12. I don't know that you – you have the opportunity to steal one in the Big 12 as much as some teams would like to, but you've got to defend your home court, and the Bears were able to do that last night.
4: No, no doubt about it. You've got – and you make the exact – I think the exact point is when you look at how tough this league is from top to bottom, you got it, you've got to get it done when you're at home, and you saw – and that was a tough basketball game last night. I mean, it wasn't like Tech – came in and said, you know what, we're, we're, we're on the road here, and, hey, we're not, we're not, we're not really concerned. Tech gave, I thought, gave him fits last night and played well. And, and guess what? Baylor was able to respond every time Tech was hammering that ball inside. So, a good win for, uh, again, a good win for Baylor. And like you said, protecting your own backyard is something that you've got to do.
2: You just have to in this league, right? and if you can if you can do that, you give yourself a chance. And it 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 is very obvious that it's not easy to do. I mean, Texas loses last night at home, and it it's a it's a situation in the Big Twelve where anything can happen on any given night, right? And we saw no, Baylor man. fight through after you know the three game losing skid. Now they fought through. They somehow were able to defend their home floor against Iowa after Scott and Drew gets bounced out of the contest for still I don't know what for. Maybe having his shoelace out of the coaching box was about the furthest thing that was out of the coaching box was his shoelace, and he gets tossed. And you know what? The Big 12 has now fined athletic director Mac Roads 25000 for his criticism after that win of the officiating crew. And good for Mac Roads. Not that he got fined twenty five thousand, but that he stood up for his coach and his players and spoke the truth. And if I've got an athletic director that'll do that, I'm okay. I don't care what's happening on the court or on the field.
4: Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and you gotta love, we talked about it over and over, you gotta love the loyalty side of that. But speaking of that, did you see Kelvin Sampson storm the court last night? Boy, did he, he ever? Gym? Boy, I'm telling you now. You talk about a fine. I mean, he is going to get one. They're going to have to stack it high enough for a show horse to jump over. They're going to they're going to find him big time. But he said last night he'd seen enough of that officiating crew, and I mean. It, that was unbelievable. He just stormed the court and, and just said, "Hey, to hell with this! I'm ending this right here. I'm gonna go get me a shower after I blow off this little red rear end I got." And boy, it was, that was that was something else to see. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that.
2: And he came out of nowhere, like he was shot out of a cannon, and, and he had had enough <laughs> last night, and there was no stopping him. His his <laughs> assistant coaches were trying to pull him back, and he's like. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pull me back right now. I'd just go back over there and let me handle my business. And, and that leads me to how do, we, how do we get to where the officiating has gone so far left and you see it almost every night in the Big 12, the best conference, by the way, in the country. Make no mistake about it. The Big 12 is the best basketball conference out there and they don't have the best officiating crews out there. It has gotten to where it's – I don't like to see officials insert themselves into a game and make a difference, but we're seeing that night in and night out in the Big 12. That's got to change.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, the game is about the players. It's about the scheme. It's about how – the players are playing. It shouldn't be about the officiating. And I don't know how they're going to change that. I, 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 I did. I'm going to go back again. I loved how Kelvin went out. And you know what? He hit the trifecta. He just gave all three of them a piece of mind when he went out there onto the court. But I, you know what, Ward? <clears throat> when you think about the game getting faster it's getting quicker i mean we see officiating issues in the nba like crazy i, I can't even watch an nba game because every single every single foul there's somebody Complaining about this, or doing the run back signal, or you know, you just it it should, it takes a, it gets a feel of almost watching a street basketball game. I mean, you oh, know, absolutely. where they're officiating, where they're officiating themselves. No, that wasn't a call. That was all ball. No, you did that. I mean, I, I, it really is. And and again, I'm a football guy. and We know that, but but I'm a sports fan, and 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 it makes basketball painful to watch the officiating and the complaining, constant complaining about the officiating. It's, it's, it almost makes you wonder, is that why Mark Cuban got out of the game? Like, and he was the one that would complained about it the most. But like, you wonder, has he had enough of it? And just, I, I don't know, it, 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 it that's a whole nother, you know what, we could probably do multiple shows about officiating, but it is, it is dang painful to watch. And I don't know how you, I mean, how do you train guys eyes any better than I'm sure what they're training them right now? I I just don't know how that's, how do you really think that's going to get any better? And what is the solution?
2: Well, the solution for me, and again, I I don't know that it's the right one and I get technical technology is where it is. And, okay, so we have the technology to go back and look at every single little thing that we can look at and make sure we get it right. I, I get that. I'm not a fan of the replay in any sport. I'm just not. I don't need it. I don't want it. I want the human element of the game to be there. And I think the problem with officiating right now is they don't hold themselves accountable because if I get it wrong... We can go to the replay and get it right.
4: Well, let me ask you this, Ward. You you say that, but in baseball, does a guy like Angel Hernandez, who has a floating strike zone, who is a known umpire that has an absolute uh, – it's incredible how inconsistent he is from night to night. Would it bother you in the major leagues if you didn't have – a home plate umpire calling balls and strikes,
2: would that bother you? Absolutely, it would. Absolutely, it would. Part of the game is to be able to adjust to the umpire night in and night out. And also, I will say this, hold that guy accountable and say, hey, look, that's not the strike zone that we have officially accepted in MLB. You need to do better or we're going to get you out of the game.
4: Well, and, and I agree with part of what you're saying, but then you have a guy like Altuve. geez, did he sign a big contract? Five yeah. years, yeah, 125 million. Good, good for him. I like Jose Altuve, and guess what? My my girlfriend's her mother. Hopefully someday my mother in law. She she loves Altuve, and I I, I, I I miss I miss old Mary and thinking about her and and and, and God love her. She. She watches the Astros like crazy, and we—I get into it with her. But Jose Altuve, can you imagine uh, adjusting his strike zone to a guy who, who, who maybe let's say next up at bat, you, you know, for the Astros, is someone that's six four in stature? I mean, that's a big difference, Ward. And I mean, that ball is coming in there the way it's coming in there. I got you. I mean, I. When I was a when I was a child, I, I, I dreamed of being a big league umpire. I really did. I I used to, and, and and even in the time that I've been coaching since then, one of my favorite things to do in a staff meeting, if, if somebody starts carrying on in a staff meeting, is just to throw them out. I just give them the finger and hey, get get out of here. I'm tired of listening to what you say. I love <laughs> the thought. I love the thought of being thrown out, and I love the thought of throwing someone's ass out of a game. But but I. I I, I think that there's a, an element of it and, and, and especially I think it is baseball to me. And it's just that one element, the strike zone, because I do agree from a football standpoint. I like the human element of the game. I like having the officials. Uh, I, I think in the NFL, they get it right a lot more than they get it wrong. And uh uh, but but baseball, to me, is kind of where they've kind of pushed me over to the technology side. Because guess what? I like it in tennis. If I'm watching a big tennis match and they question whether that ball's in or out, I love how they can show whether that ball's where it is right on that line. That, that doesn't intrigue you at all?
2: No, I just I, – I don't need it. I don't need it. I want to have my officials be – more accountable and have the human element in the game. This game's played by humans. It should be called by humans. That's just me. I'm old. I get it.
4: And still listening. What what 8-track do you have sitting on your seat right now in your car if you go get in there? What is it? A little, Waylon a little Jennings Boston? Waylon Jennings? <laughs> oh, Most people don't even know what an 8-track is. I'm sorry. I, I went down that road. But I get it. Yeah, we are old. I'm getting old and there's a part of me that, uh, that says, yes, the human element is there, but boy, it is aggravating when I watch a baseball game and, and, and it's, you know, you're rooting on your team and it's clearly a third strike and they don't call it a third strike. You're like, what the hell are you looking at? I mean, but I guess that's, I guess that's part of the game and that's, that's about the time that you go uh, order yourself another chili dog up there and think about
2: (laughs) it. This is the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take the break. When we come back, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys in ESPN San Antonio. He's live on Super Bowl Row on Radio Row. We'll visit with him next right here on the Press Box.
0: Matt Mosley, weekdays from three to six on ESPN Central Texas.
7: Scott Drew making his weekly appearance. My recipe for these colds: I start with the steroids. <laughs> I don't take them by mouth. I get the actual shot, okay. and then I chase it with the methyl prednisone, and then throat coat to herbal tea. Just Dr. Mosley trying, trying to be there to you. for That's you. That's really good. I yeah. thought he told me it was just four hotty toddies and you'll be fine. Matt Mosley,
0: weekdays from three to six on ESPN Central texas King of the at ubo business services we recognize that on-prem print servers cost an organization 1800 to 3600 annually with ubo we are the only dealer in the country that can take print driver deployment offer secure cloud printing offer follow me print scan to myself and cloud as well as xmedias faxing all to the cloud Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
8: Central Texas, it's time to support our youth. You're invited to attend the 2024 McLennan County Junior Livestock Show and Youth Fair February 5th through the 9th at Extra Co. Events Center in Waco. More than 500 McLennan County 4-H and FFA students will be exhibiting livestock for an opportunity to sell at the annual Sale of Champions Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Last year's sale brought in a million dollars for student college funds and future projects. For more information, call 254-722-2597 and like the McLennan County Junior Livestock Show on Facebook. Okay everyone, check this out
1: from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material, so you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by Diamori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. Diamori Fine Jewelers at diamorifinejewelers.com.
0: you home for the world champion Texas Rangers. ESPN Central Texas.
10: We've
2: made it through the holidays, and another gift-giving season is already here. Valentine's Day is fast approaching, and if you're not sure what to give, come to Morrison's Gifts and let their 45 years of gift-giving expertise work for you. From candy, to jewelry, to plush animals, to scents, soaps, and lotions, they've got you covered. They offer custom gift baskets and many grab-and-go items as well. And don't forget their huge selection of John Hart and Consuela bags and totes. Morrison Gifts is located near Jason's Deli at the corner of Waco Drive in Valley Mills. Thank you.
12: like it's my own.
2: Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? Nope, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. Insurance process for you. Don't let any fly by night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams and Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254 799 2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid.
0: Time to talk cowboys with RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys on ESPN Central Texas.
2: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Joining us now, as you just heard, live from Radio Row in Las Vegas at Super Bowl 58, it is R.J. Achoa from Blogging the Boys. And, R.J., how are we doing on this Wednesday?
10: I'm doing great, Ward. It's great to be with you. Apologies for the noise. I'm doing my best to get the 2,000 people in here to quiet down.
2: (laughs) I think we'll be okay, RJ. I appreciate that. For the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about where they're at right now. Dan Quinn goes to Washington to take over the head job, and now they're trying to find the replacement for a defensive coordinator. Is it a harder job for the Cowboys to find that replacement because Mike McCarthy is on his last year of his contract or does that make it maybe a little bit easier for jerry jones and stephen jones to find the defensive coordinator
10: i think it certainly makes it more difficult given the you know the, the proper term not any kind of hateful one is lane duck uh major surrounding mike mccarthy's job status and um you know I'm, I'm opposed to the way this this whole process seems to be unfolding, and everybody on my Twitter mentioned, you know, is continually reminding me of this, you know, well, what do you expect in a LA, lame that sort of situation? And I mean, my offering is, well, they created the situation, you know, this, this, is, this is completely and totally self-induced. And so um, I, I certainly think it, it creates hurdles and challenges, but they knew that when they decided to go at this the way that they did, um, they could, I'm not, you know, a component for this, but they could very quickly say, you know what, we've signed Mike McCarthy to an extension. And all of a sudden this problem, so to speak, goes away. Uh, but they've chosen not to do that. They've chosen to make it the story that it is. And that's why even, you know, in the room I'm in where 500 tables have a Super Bowl to talk about on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys are front and center.
4: And RJ, this is Glenn Smith here. How you doing today, buddy?
10: Doing well. It's great to be with you.
4: Good. Hey, let me ask you something as as this has unfolded, this defensive coordinator situation and I know that uh, there was some thought that maybe they might interview Al Harris. I have not seen that he has gotten a formal interview for the job. Do you you see the Cowboys or Jerry Jones turning to someone that has the experience and someone that possibly has head coaching experience as he did when he brought – you know, Jason Garrett in with uh, Wade Phillips and how that was kind of the guy in waiting if something happened, or do you see him going with the younger, kind of more experienced guy and maybe giving a guy like Al Harris, who did a great job with the Cowboys secondary this year, an opportunity to interview?
10: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really obvious that there's an archetype that the Cowboys prefer. Um, Even if you look at the first coaching staff that Mike McCarthy assembled four years ago, he obviously brought in Mike Nolan to be his defensive coordinator who had previous experience as a head coach. He inherited Kellen Morse. That really wasn't up to him. He brought in John Fossil, who's obviously still around who, while he hasn't been a head coach in in terms of a full-time capacity, he has been one with the L.A. Rams in in an interim capacity. He also hired Jim Tomsula to be a defensive line coach who had been a head coach before. I mean, so they clearly value that particular character trait in candidates. And obviously, Dan Quinn checks that box in terms of Dallas bringing him in 2021. And so I'm with you. I think that Al Harris, at the very least, uh, merits an interview, merits a conversation or some sort of discussion, but it doesn't seem like that's been the case at this point in time. But for now, I think that everything's kind of falling in line with the way we've known the Cowboys to approach this whole thing. You look at Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer, and now the reporter of Rex Ryan, they all have a very obvious set of common denominators between them. You know, obviously defensive coaches, but, you know, former head coaches, people with points of leadership, you know, a little bit up there in terms of age. And, and it's clear that the Cowboys are kind of aiming for somebody with those particular skill sets.
2: RJ and Joe blogging the boys with us here from... Radio Row in Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58 inside the press box. And, R.J., when you look at the guys that you just mentioned, who is who is R.J. Ochoa's favorite choice? Is it Mike Zimmer? Is it Rex Ryan? Who who fits the bill in your mind for the Cowboys?
10: I mean, you know, this is tough. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is awkward. I mean, and I'm not so much – as mad about the idea of Mike Zimmer as I am mad about the process. Um, You know, you you, you can't just, you know, flip open the Rolodex and turn back 20 pages, you know, and and blow some dust off of it and say, let's just do this guy. Um, Because, you know, this should be an exhaustive search. This should be something that requires an inordinate amount of work and research and all sorts of data collection and discussion and arguing and debating and if you ultimately land on Mike Zimmer as the final option after he passes all those checks, then by all means, but you, you just, it doesn't appear to be a serious process when you're going at it the way you are like right now. I mean, it it does, it does feel, at least in my mind, not coincidental that again, as the whole world prepares to talk about the game that eludes the Cowboys and has so for almost three decades now that they drop something like that. They're interested in Rex Ryan, who is a prominent television personality and hasn't coached in the NFL in eight years now. (laughs) So if I have to pick a name right now throughout the wilderness that we're all wandering in, I suppose Wink Martindale might be my favorite. He at the very least has some experience doing this in recent history. I know that, you know, he kind of lives on one side of the coin, but if you're going to be aggressive, if you're going to go all in as Jerry proposition last week, I'm, I'm fine with that particular mindset and disposition.
4: All right, and I, I, I certainly appreciate you saying Wink Martindale, but Wink Martindale got his start from Rex Ryan. Wink Martindale was a, GA at Defiance College when Rex Ryan discovered him. So certainly, if you're wanting the uh, guy that's been in the in, in the league the most recent time, I I would say that I did see where I thought Wink Martindale was getting significant interest from the University of Michigan for their defensive coordinator opening. Let me ask you, kind of switching the the topic here and going to personnel. When you see how Dallas this year Overshown went down really early in the preseason with his injury. Then they had, uh, you know, losing Vander Esch and having to play bell in the box. As they approach uh, going to the uh, going to the combine and look at starting to, you know, bring the scouts in, talk about what's gonna happen uh, from a defensive side. What do you think's the number one position that the Cowboys really need to look at from a first round standpoint, albeit this early
10: Uh, to line up a draft board? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that it's in the heart of things at the linebacker spot. Um, You know, Dan Quinn did some wonderful things, but, you know, the Marquis Bell slide to safety, excuse me, from safety, wasn't necessarily because of DeMarvion Overshone's injury, as tragic as it was. And even, you know, to your point, DeMarvion Overshone is a converted safety himself. I mean, he's, he's a light linebacker in terms of, you know, kind of classic tried-and-true off-ball middle linebackers. And so this has been who the Cowboys have been. One of the very first things Dan Quinn ever did when he became the Cowboys defensive coordinator was bringing Keon Neal, who had played safety for him in Atlanta, and they wanted him to play linebacker. We've seen the Cowboys play with three safeties, one in that linebacker spot, really forever under Dan Quinn. It's been J-Ron Izzy Mukwamu's gotten a little bit of that stuff. Obviously, Marquise fell this past season, and it's just not enough for them. I mean, you look at how they got their doors blown off of them by the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you trot out some 12 personnel, some two tight ends, and you get them out there. You know, it's just it's simple You know, physics at that point in time, big bodies against small. And while that protects you in, in the past because you have lighter players and you play nickel and things like that, at the end of the day, you still have to be able to stop the run. And so it does seem like the Cowboys have to devote some serious resources to adding some beef and not these you know, light linebackers, these casual linebackers, these part-time. No, we need some, some tried-and-true, actual, vintage, real-deal linebackers because you look at the San Francisco 49ers. They've got Dre Greenlaw and, you know, Fred Warner, and that that those are the kind of guys, those are real linebackers. And if you want to be, you know, at the subject of this week, that's kind of the football you have to play right now.
2: RJ Ochoa blogging the boys with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And RJ, free agency coming up. Uh, Pretty quick, in Dan Quinn going to the commanders, is, is there a chance because of the space that they have under the salary cap that some of this roster might be in Washington with Dan Quinn?
10: Oh, I, I think that that's likely. I mean, that's just generally the way things tend to go in the NFL when you have somebody, right, like players tend to follow them. And that happened with Dan Quinn. I mean, I mentioned Keanu Neal, DeMonte, Kazee. And, you know, Dante Fowler ultimately followed him, not right away, but, you know, it, it trickled. I mean, it, you know, the NFL is so much a, a, a business and a you know, success point or succession point of who you know and how you know and where you've been, et cetera, et cetera. So I would not be stunned if J. Ron Curse, who is slated to be a free agent, if he follows Dan Quinn, if Jordan Lewis manages to follow Dan Quinn, if Dante Fowler follows Dan Quinn, because they know him and they feel comfortable that he can put them in positions to thrive. I I would bet a lot that at the very least there's one cowboy who flocks to Washington this the
4: Interesting. And, and I, I agree with you. Obviously, Dallas is not going to be able to hang on to all of those guys from a free agent standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, do, do you think they've, uh, do you think they're going to find the resources, whether they have to re-sign Dak or do something else? Obviously, they're going to have to do something with and address the situation with Tyron Smith, address the situation with Tony Pollard. Offensively, how, how do you see them stacking that up, and what do you see as a priority on that side of the ball?
10: Well, the DAC decision really is kind of the first domino that has to fall, whether they choose to extend him or they, they choose to exclusively restructure him and, and kind of you know put up this, this blaring neon sign that they're willing to walk away in 2025. Um, and so, the, you know, whatever side of the, the fork in the road they choose will kind of dictate and indicate how aggressive they could be in free agency this offseason, whether it's the retention of, of Tyron Smith, to your point, or if they do want to go out and add other players, other would-be, you know, free agents that are currently coming off of contracts with other teams. And so I, I think that they will prioritize their own if, if they do believe that this is an all-in kind of year or whatever, if you subscribe to that, then I think it makes sense to bring Tyron Smith back and, and kind of cross your fingers that you can get through it again with him. Um, because it's too difficult to find a, a, a promising, a prominent, you know, left tackle in today's NFL. Uh, but other than that, it, it really, you know, I don't mean to ride the fence, and I know I've kind of been in my stance for a few weeks, but we will know soon enough how they feel by how they ultimately handle the Dak Prescott situation. And, and that will, you know, kind of lay the foundation for what the overall offseason looks like for them.
2: RJ Ochoa with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, uh, and RJ, when you look at what the Cowboys – are trying to do in the draft this year or what they might need to do in the draft this year. Is this more of a year where there is a glaring need for the Cowboys and maybe they do trade up somewhere? Or is this the year that you look at the Cowboys and say, look, just take the best player who's on the board available at that time, no matter what position he's at, and we'll be fine.
10: I think every year it is kind of a, a merging and a blending of the two. Um, you know, you take the, the best player available somewhat relative to positional needs. Um, it's, it's I think, rare that anybody is just truly who's the highest player left on our board, unless that happens to line up, obviously, with your positional needs. And so I, I think the Cowboys have kind of stuck to that strategy in the past and it's worked out well for them, obviously, at least in the first round. Um, I, I don't expect them to be hyper-aggressive in reaching for players because that's how you get yourself into trouble in the long term, and they certainly don't need that right now.
4: When you, when you look at the draft and you, you think about the job that Will McClay's done since he took over for Tom Siskowski, how they've drafted. Last year, taking Mozzie Smith in the first round, I know it's hard to put him into – a first-year grade, a first-year, you know, step back, look at the film from a quality control standpoint. But Mozzie Smith, when you look at this year, he really had a very average year. What are you hearing out of the organization as far as how they feel about Mozzie moving forward into the second year of, of of his deal?
10: Yeah, I don't think that you could deny that it was – disappointing and, and frustrating and it certainly fell below what they would have hoped and wanted for themselves. And I mean, sometimes that's just the way it goes. And I, I the Cowboys tend to, like a lot of teams draft a year ahead of, of positional needs that they're not stuck, right? I mean, you, you've always kind of got to be building the tower as you climb and, you know, Jonathan Hankins is another player who's slated to be a free agent. And it sure would have been nice if the Cowboys felt like they could rely on Monty Smith this season, uh, what with having spent the first round draft pick on him. And so, he's he's got to earn it i mean he didn't have an inordinate amount of opportunities last year but i mean there's there's no doubt that there's a high level of pressure on him certainly entering his second season in the nfl
2: rj when you look at the free agents we talked a little bit about them just a minute ago but when you look at the free agents that the cowboys have going on the market if you could pick just one that you've got to sign and got to get back into the star who would that be
10: I think it's definitely Tyron Smith, um, and if it's not, I mean, I know we already talked about it. It might be Stephon Gilmore. Okay. you just got to keep those, those duct tapes in place, or those pieces of duct tape in place, because they're too difficult to replace on the fly. They're too difficult to find promising and prominent players um, at such high-profile positions. So, Tyron obviously plays one of the most important positions in the game, but Stephon Gilmore provides a great, you know, kind of stabling presence, and presuming Trayvon Diggs is able to get back in full health, um, you know, Stephon offers you a, a bridge to the future that is fully Trayvon Diggs and Ron Bland in 2025 and beyond.
4: And that's the direction I was going to – and the next question I was going to ask you is, how are you hearing Diggs is coming with his, you know, his recovery from that surgery? You talked earlier about possibly, you know, Lewis leaving in free agency, so that's going to put a, a, a strain on that cornerback position. And would they move Bland? Back to play the nickel if they were to lose Lewis, or you know you talked about signing Stephon Gilmore back. What are you hearing is 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 the kind of the prognosis on Diggs and how his recovery is coming post that surgery?
10: Yeah, there really hasn't been much as of yet. I mean, it's you know it's kind of a quiet time for that kind of news. Um, we're a few weeks away from the NFL Combine, and I think that that's probably when you know Mike McCarthy will offer some updates in terms of health and players along those lines, probably Demarvion Overtone as well just because it's been so long since we heard from them. Um, but but for now, I mean, it's been a, a long time, and, and you just kind of go off of the history of this stuff. Um, and, and, you know, it stands the reason that, barring any kind of setback, Trayvon should be good for 2024, which is, which is a hopeful sort of thing.
2: Rg Ochoa with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. You are on Radio Row live at Super Bowl 58. What is the buzz in that room right now?
10: You know, it's picked up, and um, I, I know you know, Ward, I do a show uh, with, with, in San Antonio, and uh-huh. it's 6 to 10 a.m. Central, which just means that my week has been horrifying. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, um, I, I, quite frankly, don't know where I'm at. I think I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm levitating. I feel like I've had 10 monsters uh, and 12 cups of coffee. But, um, but the room is, is definitely starting to fill out more. It's pretty quiet, as you can imagine, at 4 a.m. Pacific. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it seems like more people are getting in town for the weekend Um, and and kind of getting prepped. And and obviously other shows around the country are dealing with those circumstances as well. But um, it it is starting to feel more and more like the Super Bowl, more and more like Las Vegas. Um, And that's certainly a lot of fun. It's rainy. It's dreary. So you've got these weird kind of hodgepodge of emotions happening while I'm, you know, I don't don't know the last time I slept. I don't know if I'm asleep. I don't know if I'm alive at this point. Uh, (laughs) But, um, you know, it's it's all a fog. It's all a haze. But but I tell you, the worst day here is better than the best day in most places. (laughs)
2: <laughs> rj with us here on the press box
4: i'd, I'd say rj you you think you're getting tired go get one of those black chips out and put it on red give it a spin and see if you can turn it into something
10: <laughs> you know i might do that um or i might uh i might just go get a burrito that's really i, I think i'm just hungry it's, you know all these emotions <laughs> are conflicting to my body and um i uh I'm, I'm just doing my best to survive at this point but i appreciate the uh, the words of wisdom
2: the teams are ascending on uh, Las Vegas and starting practice as well. What are, you, what are you hearing about the Chiefs and the 49ers? Where is everybody in that room leaning right now, or is it about right down the middle?
10: You know, every guest we've spoken to and, and just kind of other people, you know, other you know, work, you know, colleagues and things like that casually, I think everybody recognizes, obviously, who San Francisco is, and, and nobody knows that better than, than Dallas Cowboys fans. But the inevitability of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs seems to kind of ultimately serve as, as the underlying factor, and everybody ultimately says, I tell you what, I could see San Francisco, but, you know, there's always the Mahomes of it all. Um, and so I think that that's just kind of a general opinion around here, which is strange. There obviously hasn't been a player like that in the NFL, you know, at, at the peak of their powers in a long time. Um, but you know, that's why they play the game and that's why Sunday is going to be a lot of fun.
4: And that's why they air conditioned the desert for everybody that thinks they have the answer for that. So I certainly have an appreciation there. Let me ask you from a practice field standpoint, I know the 49ers had had some issues with what was going on at UNLV. Has the league straightened that out or have they addressed the, the surface of the UNLV practice facility?
10: You know, the NFL is, is pretty well known for, um, you know, understanding that a problem exists and doing their best to not acknowledge it and hoping that it will just go away, (laughs) hoping that that Jerry Jones will uh, put out that he's interested in Rex Ryan as his defensive coordinator. And that will captivate everybody's attention and and take the headlines in a different direction. And it seems that the machine has worked out in that capacity, at least this time around. So, um, you know, obviously that was the storyline early in the week, but it does seem to have died down, at least in the conversational standpoint.
2: RJ Ochoa blogging the boys in ESPN San Antonio with us in the press box here on ESPN Central Texas, live from Radio Row in Las Vegas. All right, RJ, one more for you. Who wins on Sunday?
10: I mean, I said it. I'm, I am I bet against Kansas City, against Buffalo, and against Baltimore. I just, you know, I've learned my lesson. The stove has burned my <laughs> hands too many times. So um, I'm taking the Chiefs, and, and I'm fine being wrong in that capacity. Uh, this is this is a different kind of animal. And so I think Kansas City gets another, and it's their world, and we're all just living in it.
2: R.J., enjoy Vegas, have fun at the Super Bowl, and uh, really do appreciate your time, as always. Go get something to eat, have a good time, and we'll talk to you next week.
10: Of course. Well, I do appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the week.
2: There he goes. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys in ESPN San Antonio. He is in the desert getting ready for Super Bowl 58. And... Being on Radio Row, you kind of heard it in the background and stretched. That's a that's a wild time because there's there's lots of people that are mingling around and there's lots of people that will just come up to your table while you're trying to do a show and just say, hey, can, can you get so-and-so on? Uh, he needs to pitch this. Can you get so-and-so on? He needs to pitch that. It's absolutely nuts on Radio Row. And today on Wednesday is when it starts really peaking up.
4: I mean, you heard it. You heard it right there, ramping up. I like, I like how you said though. It's raining out in the desert. How often does that happen, Ward? Not very. I mean, how often do? Yeah. How often do they get rainy days in Las Vegas? I that kind. Of, I, I, it makes me glad to think I'm. You know, I, I'm not out there right now because I'm. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the rain and the. In the. Uh, ugh. What? What? What could be dirty sand in Las Vegas. It doesn't appeal to me very much.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Boy boy it it would be fun to be out there and be able to just be able to get in and get out. I, I don't want to I I don't want to just hang around the desert that long. I really don't. But uh, to be able to get in and get out and check out because I think stretch this is gonna be a well of a football game coming up on Sunday.
4: I right, think it's gonna be a great matchup. I think we'll we'll we've got the rest of the week here to kick this around but I i absolutely believe that this is going to be one of those games it's almost like how did you like it and it starts with a coin toss i mean if you win the coin toss or you know 90 percent of the time teams right now defer to the second half so do they want that kind of last possession of the first half first possession of the third quarter is that what they want you know it's going to be really intriguing to see how that goes and then you and I may place a little bet on how long it takes uh, Reba to sing that national anthem, and you know what the bet's going. You know what the bet is going to be, Ward? A foot long chili cheese dog. Yeah, there's no question, no question. <laughs> it's a chili cheese, and we got to buy one for Aaron too. So it's the really it's a two for one special.
2: There you go. All right, this is the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. We'll take the break when we come back. Does a chance of if the Chiefs win? Do their coach, does he step away and retire? That's next on the Press Box.
5: Baylor, Big 12 basketball on ESPN Central Texas.
6: It's the Bears and the Jayhawks from Lawrence coming up this Saturday. 4.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 5 p.m. tip-off Saturday.
5: Follow the Bears through the Big 12 Conference with Pat Nunley and John Morris here on the flagship station for Baylor basketball, ESPN
0: Central Texas.
10: It's tax season
0: once again. Stressful, right? Doesn't have to be. Maggard Bookkeeping has been helping Central Texans through the complex tax code for more than 25 years. Go to MaggardBookkeeping.com and bypass the stress.
3: Jeff Hunter Toyota has been part of the Waco community for over 30 years. I'm Amy Hunter, and we believe in its people, and we honor its history. We're proud to call Waco home. That's why we support the Baylor Bears, lend a hand to Fuzzy Friends Rescue, and aid the Waco Goodfellas. We also believe in hard work, the value of a dollar, and providing a quality product. That's what you'll find every day when you shop at Jeff Hunter Toyota.
6: Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality. Waco Values. Announcing the $12 lunch menu Tuesday through Friday at the Brazos Landing. This menu is the most diverse in town. No matter what you're craving, it's a good bet. The Brazos Landing has an entree to satisfy your appetite. Check out the one-of-a-kind 8-ounce Akaushi Burger or the 6-ounce Akaushi Ribeye Chicken Fried Steak. Their chili relleno is famous, and if seafood is on your mind, try the shrimp or crawfish at etouffee. Where I-35 and the Brazos River meet the Brazos Landing, Waco
0: oh boy more irs changes this year frustrating isn't it maggard bookkeeping can help with more than 25 years preparing central texans tax returns go to maggardbookkeeping.com and bypass the stress you're home for the world champion texas rangers espn central texas
2: And welcome back to the press box here on ESPN Central Texas. JMO coming up next, followed by the Matt Mosley Show, starring Matt Mosley, coming up from three to six. And then we have Baylor women's basketball tonight as they take on BYU. A seven thirty pregame and an eight o'clock tip right here on ESPN Central Texas. Stretch. We were talking Super Bowl just a few moments ago, and the craziness at Radio Row. And one of the things that is kind of taking off like wildfire for this game. And for the two coaches that are in this game, Andy Reid, if he wins this Super Bowl and sits there at the top of the game, in your opinion, is there any way that he rides off into the sunset? You know what, Ward,
4: let me ask you this. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about the AFC West right now. and And we know the AFC West is the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Chargers. So as you look at that, I'm going to guess, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess that Andy Reid is not in the top two paid highest coaches in his own division. I'm going to bet Harbaugh's making more than he is, and I'm going to bet that Sean Payton is making more than he is. So let me ask you, do you believe that that's – Andy Reid putting that out there, or do you think that that's his agent jockeying for the fact that he should be one of the – high, maybe the highest-paid coach in the NFL, and he's not even the highest-paid coach in his own division?
2: I I think there's a distinct possibility in that. I don't don't disagree with that. But for Andy Reid, I mean, you look at the landscape, and those teams you just mentioned, are any of them – any of them close to where the Chiefs are right now, as long as the Chiefs have a healthy Patrick Mahomes. And i, I if I'm Andy Reid, you look at – you're you're barreling down the tracks at at Belichick's record, at Shula's record. I mean, as long as he's got Patrick Mahomes, he certainly has a chance at double-digit wins each and every season, and he could barrel down on that and be the best coach that's ever coached in the NFL. I, I just don't – I don't know how – that people could say, well, if he wins this one, that's enough, and he's done because, I, I, look, you've coached this game, and there's something more that drives you other than just saying, okay, I need more money or this or that. There's, there's a, a competitive side of a guy that's very successful coaching in the NFL, and I think Andy Reid is certainly one of those guys.
4: Well, I mean, there's no question. I mean, it's a, it's a different itch. There, there, there's no doubt about that. But we also don't know, you know, what's going on in, in someone's personal life. So that that's what gives us a reason to have a job on the radio and discuss all of the different scenarios. Andy Reid is a football coach. Football has been in his life. I mean, that's. I, I find myself trying to explain that to my girlfriend a lot. You know, I have one really skill set. It's football. I can teach you in five minutes. I can teach Aaron in five minutes how to dual read a guard when when he when he's uncovered. If we're running a five man scat protection, I, I, it, it's it's something that's it's kind of all you know. It's it's what you know. It's what you believe in. I know Andy Reid. That that's what he is. But you know, when does someone say enough is enough? We saw that this year. I, we had George T. Gone earlier. It, it. I was shocked the day that Nick Saban announced his retirement. I, I really was because I thought this is a guy that's going to coach until he just can't really can't do it anymore. And he said, you know what? I've I've had enough. I'm going to step away. I don't believe that that's where Andy Reid is. However. There's just some other variables here, Ward, that we don't know about. And uh, I think the game will will not be as good without him. I hope he decides to stay in. I hope that the Hunt family decides to uh, obviously step it up and pay him. But – the thought of losing one of the best coaches just like the thought of losing Nick Saban, uh, you know, it's it's it, it really is. It's uh, The game will not be the, – the game will miss him if he walks away. How's that?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. I just don't see him doing it. I really don't because if he wins this one, he's got a chance to 3 P. Not many guys have had that opportunity. Not many guys I, have had that opportunity, and the competitor in him – I don't think we'll let him walk away with that. And, again, you still have Patrick Mahomes on your side. That's got to make you just want to come back in itself.
4: And and sure does because he was the one that orchestrated the gamble to say, we're going to go get
2: Patrick Mahomes.
4: They had a hell of a quarterback there. I mean, Alex Smith was a really good functioning NFL quarterback for the chiefs and Andy Reed saw something that he loved in, in Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, his college record was 13 and 19 at your alma mater. I know 13 and 19. Thanks. That is the, Thanks. that is the, yeah, that, that is the drizzling, you know, what? Swat, probably what you'd get after you eat one of those foot long chili dogs. But Andy Reed saw something in him that said, you know what I can we're going to do everything we can to go get him. We're going all in here and knew exactly what he was looking for in getting that quarterback. Now, you know, this is a guy who, you know, did a great job in Philadelphia. He did a phenomenal job with Donovan McNabb and what they were able to do in Philadelphia, went to Kansas city and saw something in Pat Mahomes. And the rest is history right now. And there's, you make the point. There's a lot of history still to be written, and, and, and Sunday will be a, a chapter in the book, and uh, it will be interesting to see how Andy Reid goes about this. But if I, if I were in Vegas right now, and, and, and I wish I was, I'd be, I'd be placing the bet that uh, Andy Reid's jockey in for a new contract worldwide. So he wants a little more money.
2: Uh, and that that can perfectly well be it. I mean, and maybe that's where all this is coming from. For the NFL fans, are they getting tired head over the Kansas City Chiefs being there year in and year out, seeking their third Super Bowl in the last five seasons? Are, are NFL fans starting to resent the Kansas City Chiefs more? Or are we starting to finally see maybe – a little glimpse of a dynasty that we haven't seen since free agency entered the NFL. Well,
4: I, I, are they tired of it? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Cowboys fans have probably had a rear end full of it, but they've had a rear end full of not going to the Super Bowl. Period. So I'd say, uh, I'd say, uh, yeah, Cowboys fans have had enough of it. But word, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, what. Pat Mahomes does, I think, how he uh, has entered this league and what he's done is is great for the NFL and 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 it's and it's good for it makes for good watching. So I I haven't had a rear end full of it, and you know what? If you have. If, if you had had enough of it, then why don't, why don't one of you other teams team step up and go beat him? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a good point. Uh, stay tuned. J-Mo's coming up next here on ESPN Central Texas, followed by the Matt Mosley Show. And we've got Baylor women's basketball tonight, 7.30, your pregame, 8 o'clock tip. That's going to do it for us here on this Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow at lunchtime for Stretch and Aaron. I'm Ward whites Until next time, so long, everybody
0: recently on The John Moore Show. Chris
6: Patola, our guest, ESPN College basketball analyst. And it'll be interesting also, John,
8: one last thought here. All of these teams are playing in Foster Pavilion for the first time. What is the impact that has? I'll be curious to see what Baylor's record at home
1: is by the end of the season. The
0: John Moore Show, 2 to 3 p.m., weekdays here on ESPN Central Texas.
12: Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. It's back, folks, 1.9% for 72 months on every 2024 Silverado Light duty. With the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory, couple that with the number one rated service department in the state, the choice is clear. The Jim Turner Chevrolet is the place to go for all your automotive needs. So take that short drive to McGregor and give us an opportunity to earn your business with honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Buying new roads.
2: Hey, here's the shocker.
10: Cars are bigger than people. So if you're behind the wheel, be careful. Those crosswalk stripes, yeah, they aren't left over from National Painted Street like a zebra day. They mean you need to stop for people in crosswalks and yield the right of way when turning at intersections. And no looking at phones, photos, texts, emails, or holding your jeans or where that nickel fell. Oh, and please, slow down. Sound advice. Mixed in with professional sound effects. Be safe. Drive smart. A
0: message from Textile. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at syntechsportsfan.com
1: My house